You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. And today we have with us uh, Brett. And uh, Brett runs an awesome recruitment firm in Australia, and he's going to take us through all of the cool stuff he does. So, so Brett, can you give us like a quick intro of who you are, where you where you come from, and what you do? Wow, that's a that's a leading question. Um, been recruiting for fifteen years, um, all based out of Sydney, up and down the east coast. Um, worked for a national firm for seven years, managed teams there, specialist teams. Uh, went out my own. This will be my eighth year. Um, you know, running my own business. And um, yeah, we've had our ups and downs, but we're still here. So, so. so seven years being an employed professional recruiter and seven years running a firm. What's, okay. what's kind of like the biggest difference? Cash flow. Yeah. No, it, it, it's less predictable now. Uh, or I have to care about it. I have to care about it. You know, when you have a bad month, when you're working for someone, ah, I'll, I'll make commissions next month. But when you have a bad month and, it is, and it's your own business or your company has a bad month, yeah. It's, it's, it's not I totally get it. And Brett, like, like uh, going back a little bit, like, so were you born in Sydney as well? Like, are you like a Sydney lifer? Uh, <laughs> almost. I was born in Byron Bay, which is the most easterly point in Australia. Uh, beautiful. All the Hollywood film stars are flocking there now. You've probably heard. Um, but I was only there when I was a child and we moved back down here to Sydney yeah, when I was a couple of years old. So yeah, I'm, I'm a lifer. You're, you're a lifer. Okay. Uh, and, and so like growing up was like, did you know recruitment existed as a job or a career? Like what did you want to do growing up? Right. Like I, I don't think anyone knows recruitment's a job until they yeah. get a recruitment job. Yeah. They go, oh, I'm doing this thing now. Yeah. I had no idea. I did a, I did a degree in um, a business degree and, you know, I was, I was in bands doing music and, you know, cool. floating around and, um, I I took this job uh, because it was advertised. Um, I live in the north of Sydney yeah. and in the Big Harbour Bridge, and I just didn't want to cross the Harbour Bridge to work. So I found this job that you could earn really good commissions with, and it was near my house. I went, "That'll do." So click. I've applied for one job in my life, and I got it. So that's insane. So you've only ever applied for one job ever? Once ever. I've only I don't even have a CV. I've applied for one job my entire life. A recruiter that has no CV. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, and 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 what did you want to do? Like, did you want to be like a rock star growing up? Was that like the thing? Because you're a musician, or it was it something? Yes. We we did all right. I mean, we I, we highlight reel um, played played a show with the Foo Fighters. That's pretty cool. Cool, but, cool. Yeah. So, so you you were you were close to making it big. I remember. I remember. I was uh, studying for one of my uni exams, and I got the call saying, "Hey." are you sitting down? And I said, yes, I'm studying. Why? And my mate said, we are playing with the Foo Fighters in three days' time. I said, what? So I, I just remember thinking, I'm not going to need university. I stood up from my table and I just went out to my mate's house. And that was it. I failed that subject miserably because I didn't study. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a rock and roll star. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I don't think I am. I'm a recruitment star now. That that works, right? It, it probably pays more long term. Uh, I I I think. Uh, and so, what made you decide to like? You know, you did you did this as a professional recruiter at an agency that someone else owned for like seven years. And I I imagine most people that want to start their own firms were doing well. Like, were you relatively like in the top ten, twenty percent? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Top top biller. Never never right at the top. We had some amazing 
yeah. amazing recruiters in that business, like million dollar billers, you know. And I never, I never reached that level. They were, they were, they were just insane. They're monsters. Yeah. I, I actually, I was probably more around the five hundred k biller, um, but I really love the people side of it. And so, you know, I was probably the first to sort of start getting teams put under me, and I had a pretty good. I, I think I had three people at the time under me, and I was still billing, and I really enjoyed that. But you know, you get that itch of. Well, if I'm doing this for someone else, maybe I should be doing this for myself. So, yeah. And and was that the only reason you wanted to do it by yourself? Like, did you do some spreadsheet math where you were like, hey, if I do this myself, I make I get to keep 70% versus like 40%. And then like, was, like how did you decide that? How did you think about that? Because it's painful, right? Starting your own business, you make a logo, yeah. you register a company, you pay tax. It's, it's, it's a bitch, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's just a bunch of extra work. I just... I, I've always, I've always been a hustler. I've always thought I'd do whatever I do, I would do for myself. So even when I was in uni, I'm like, I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to, you know, it's going to have a, a Lego table over there. It's gonna, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I could, I could always see it. Do you have a Lego table now? Well, now my, I, well, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I have them at home for the kids, but no, I don't, I don't have them here. I do think about that regularly. I've got a whiskey table. I've got, I've got a whiskey table where every time we break a record, we write a, we get a good bottle of whiskey and we write on on it the the, the record that we've broken. So a lot of good whiskey over there. Um, Solid. Uh, what was your What was your question? No, um, I didn't do spreadsheets. I was having my first kid, and it was a now or never moment. It was like four weeks out from having my first child. It was like if you're not doing it now, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to risk all that when you've got kids and all that sort of stuff. So I sold an apartment, which bankrolled. Uh, me going on my own. I had about wow. a year's cash flow just from that. So and so, you, how much how much equity did you get out of selling that apartment that you put straight back into the business? Like, how much did you put into the business on day one? I had, I had a hundred grand or even more, um, but it didn't all go in. I think I think the investment's probably forty grand up front in lost like income and revenue, and then by, by the time your invoices come through, you Got can pay catch up. So within within two months, I I had sent invoices out. Okay, so you burned. 40k before you started yes. some cash flow coming in and was it cash flow break even from then or did you end up burning a little more over some more time i was pretty lucky like yeah. you know i i had extreme non-compete clauses like like most insane ones you've ever seen and i challenge anyone to say they've got more extreme ones but on top of that you know um, we were the company that really did like to follow through with those restraints so i was very careful with what I did, and I, I basically had no clients, I had no market. I had to start from scratch. Right? And, and where did you start with? What, what was the market segment you picked to start with the first year? Well, because I had sold the apartment to um, to fund this whole thing, I I'd had my radar on like I've got to find a market, and the market wasn't great at the time. It was 2013, like it was kind of post GFC, and then mining had just like gone right, like busted and so i kind of went out at a terrible time to be honest yeah. um but, but those are the times that you build the best businesses right because you're a lot more disciplined during bad times than you are during good times that that's it but anyway look i had my radar on and when um when i was selling the property to do it all i just i remember this property value that came through the house she smelled like cigarettes she had a tablet she was in a hurry she said she's super busy she does third-party work for the banks and i was like Huh. So I just started asking her questions. I was like, so, you know, do you need a degree? She's like, yeah, I need a degree. Great. Tick. Do you need any certification? She's like, oh, yeah, you need to be a CPV. I'm like, okay, tick. Like, 
So I started having a look into it, and the normal way for me to map out a market is just on job boards and just kind of see who's advertising is there. Are there recruiters there? And if yeah. there are, that's good. Um, you know, are there ads from companies? There was nothing. Like all my indicators said, this is a terrible market to go into. But my gut, my gut instinct on it was, nah, that the property market's moving. There's something to it. So I just started there, and um, before you knew it, like within four months, I had half a million dollars worth of business. And and I just rode that. And, and was um, this solo? Were you doing this alone as a one man band yeah. at that point? It, it was on my own. I went back and worked from my mum's house. She had a little office outside. Cool. So I had to go back, and um, I was working out of her house. And yeah, look, within twelve months, I had I had decided that I need help. Um, but a because it wasn't just hard to deliver the work, but I was bored, like being on my own. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird job, right? Because like, you have no one to talk to, you have no team, you have nothing. You're just like, you're just surviving, right? Like, even if you're making a decent amount of money, you're just like, it's not fun. That's right. So, uh, don't get me wrong. I love my I'm a few days a week in the office by myself. But when you when you when you're when you're a personable person like myself, and most recruiters are, yeah. Being on your own is really tough. It's for months, for months and like you know months and months together, right? Like it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So we so we hired after that, and we just gradually grew from there and there. But first year was good for us, and yeah, you know, and so what was revenue the first year? Do you remember? This was seven years ago, right? Twenty three. I remember it. I remember it was about. I'd like to think it was maybe five. Four, four or five hundred, or it was it was low, like oh maybe three eighty, maybe it was three eighty. That, that's not bad at all, right? Because that did you end up making more money your first year doing this than you did as a biller doing five hundred k a year? Yeah, honestly, honestly, couldn't tell you. So I, I, that, that's probably one of my mistakes too. I was so dead set on getting like my head count up yeah. that I lost sight of the profit margin and I didn't <laughs> really care. So I thought, no, it will come once you get there. So, and that's part of our story, right? We got to the ten, we got to twelve, and then and we had someone. I had an advisor, and I had you know, someone in um, Canada doing some stuff over, uh, overnight for us. And we had young recruiters coming through, and we had all this structure going on. But at some point, I just went, "Hang on a minute, like we're not profitable. This is hurting us." And so, you know, the bank accounts were just going down and down and down. So we were quite. It was okay to start with, um, like you know. It was it was it was fine. I definitely look. I probably doubled the amount I was taking home um, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of like take home amount, but it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't astronomical or anything. You were you weren't driving a Porsche, right? Like no, 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 not at all. But look, I because I had because we were in growth mode too. It ends up going back into the next hire, the, the office, and scaling up. And like, and how, how big is the team now, though, uh, Brad? We have got ten people dispersed around. Cool. Um, and and are they just in Australia, or have you started picking folks in Canada and stuff like? We've got so I've got three people in the Philippines doing a lot of the back office stuff, and they've been fantastic. They're fantastic. Um, and then the rest are scattered around Sydney. One in Melbourne. Um, Great. And one, and I still got and I've got an advisor in Hong Kong. And and do all of these people that work for you do three sixty? So they they manage their own clients and do their own recruitment and everything. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we're, we're very flat structure in that regard like uh the, the, the people in the philippines that's probably the support so they, they do a lot of the database linkedin projects you know cleaning up our database and uh, obviously you know getting getting into this conversation you you, you know you told us you're a, lot, a much bigger business now right you're probably hitting two million this year right and and so 
So getting there, you're 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 basically saying if you if you have seven consultants or six consultants, they're basically doing three hundred k a pop, right? In in terms of average billing, well, we've got we've got we've got four billers. Like it's four okay. billers to support. So it's a lot of support actually. So I guess I'm just trying to think of it out there. I don't really think of it like this. I just think what's working. Let's do more of that. But we've got three sixty billers, four of them, and then there's probably a support for each. So that's eight. We've got the advisor nine. Um, and do you build yourself, Brett? Like, is are you a builder I, I, too? I went back onto it because I realised it's I quite enjoy it, and clients kept coming to me, and so I've gone through the evolution of billing, hiring people to to phase myself out of billing, yeah. and then come back out of billing. I felt like I lost touch with the markets. I really did. I I thought, oh, and I'm not I'm not the dictator type. I, I I'm yeah. just a gut lead from the front sort of person. So I'm now billing. Have you have you made it a special business where you say okay if you if you work with one of my guys it's like twenty percent or twenty five percent but if you want to work with Brad it's like thirty three points right uh, <laughs> I haven't I should do that I like that no I like I, I've seen a lot of people do that that might just work right like we, we do um we we're more like uh, market specific so like we yeah. we all have a debt best that doesn't and, and what are what are the markets that you play in now so you started in property right like the, what 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 are you playing in right. Right? Property valuations, Pete's doing that now. I do a bit of that. Um, environmental sciences, um, so contaminated sites and planning. Uh, John does lawyers. Um, legal, yeah. Legal, cool. legal, and Aaron does accounting. Wow, so pretty spread out, right? Not You're not in one, any specific, like... like no, they were, very, they were very consciously um, hedged uh, pre-COVID. I, I, I knew that we were just in property vows, and I, I thought if there's an issue with that market, we're pretty well in, like and there was right like i'm pretty sure with covid no one's like buying a ton of houses anymore <laughs> um, yeah well so we, we we wanted to have those four pillars consciously you know and, and it, it did us serve as well and so brett like especially when you were starting out right now obviously you've scaled up you're, you run a two million dollar business I'm, I'm, I'm like even at even at abysmal uh you know net profit margins that's still that's still probably a lot of money right because it's you're at scale sort of um, but but when you went into this business, did you ever have like revenue targets that you set for yourself? Like, hey, I'm going to do a million in the first five years or three years. Or, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. My my first milestone was a million. Like everyone goes, I want to do a million dollars. I think we did that in year three. Awesome. We've actually we've actually every year beaten our previous year's revenue, and that's even when we went we got to twelve staff. We went right back to five, and we still beat it the next year. But that's the best part, right? Because if you can go from twelve to five staff and still do more, yeah, the, the profitability just skyrockets. Including last year, which was COVID, we've still beat the year before. That's that's incredible, right? Yeah. And 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 as a business owner, how do you think about this now? Because you were also telling me some interesting stuff right before we started recording mm-hmm. around how you're trying to like pay your consultants more of what they build and stuff like that. So so what, what's that game? Just just tell me a little more well, about. You know, the traditional way of building a business is is off the back of people and, and, you know, getting your systems right. And I think that's, you've heard of the term value of death, which is sort of 10 staff to 20 staff is just an absolute nightmare because your systems start to fall down, your, yep. your office politics come into play, all that sort of stuff. And so we kind of got to that point and we fell into the value of death. And and that's 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 the reality of it. So we had to reset and rethink how we were doing it. And um that we've come up, we've we've looked at what are the what are the constraints for growing a business, and it's cash flow, yeah. um, and it's and it's um, obviously the right people that doesn't change for anyone. Um, 
And so we came up, we've come up with a new structure, which I've actually got one of our staff member on now um, because they volunteered that so I want to do that. Where effectively we're doing seventy percent um, commissions, and so the idea here is: why, why wouldn't everyone volunteer for that if that's just more money? It's more money. Look, it's a different structure. You know, it's obviously got a few entities set up and things like that. But ultimately, if you're a if you're a half million dollar biller, you're going to back yourself in this structure. And so the goal here is that we can scale up quite rapidly on this on this structure. Yeah, and then you don't have your top billers leave because no one else will pay them this much unless they have to start their own business, which is far more painful. Because I bet our, they have- our goal really like the per, the, the people who are going to want to jump on this structure are people who are contemplating on their own going out on their own. Yeah. Who might who might not realize how difficult that actually is, yeah. or they might not realize how expensive those tools are, LinkedIn and CRMs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like we've done the figures and we've said just with our buying power, we're not even that big. We can slash the fixed overhead costs by half, and yeah. I'm you know going from eighty grand to forty grand, and so we can really cr- pr- provide value there. And yeah, look, like I said, it just comes down to if you back yourself and you're a Half a million dollar plus biller, mate. Why wouldn't you go on this? You know, you're going to make it. it and and so and have you have you had success with that? Have you seen that this person that's now switched to a seventy percent model is probably billing even more than before because they realize they're taking so much of it back? It's brilliant. It's self correcting, right? So you know, it, it's less now. What I've said, well, it's only new. We, we've put we've put him on in the last couple of months. So you know, the adjustment. There's always an adjustment period for that, but. No, it's been great. Like I don't. And is it structured, Brett? As like you get seventy percent of everything you build, but then there's no fixed salary, obviously, because it's correct. Correct. So, look, in a nutshell, um, in a nutshell, you know, we've had lawyers structure this so that it's all above board yeah. and it, it works well. The tax tax man likes the stuff, but you know, you set yourself up as as your own business. But to the to the outside world, we're one business. You know, and understood. Yeah, yeah. Got so. It. You basically you're paying for whatever you use overhead wise. So if you want X Y Z tools or or access to those contracts like LinkedIn and things like that, yeah. cool. Um, you pay a month. You pay for that monthly. But as I say, we've got buying power. Got it. Got it. So you're literally setting up. So they're not just like they're not just making seventy percent of everything they build. They're also paying for fixed costs, right? So you're not. They are. So so it is. So I say seventy percent because that's the rough how it comes out in the wash. But whatever they pay for is. Is a monthly, you know, they pay us for those tools, which if they're on their own, they'd be paying twice as much yeah, for. Yeah, completely. Um, and then we actually do eighty percent of of commissions, and then so people will go, okay, so I'm losing twenty percent. Well, no, you're not, because um, that twenty percent we have monthly get-togethers. You've got, yeah, you've got a team to lean on for deal management. You've got. Support. I, I totally get it. You're, you're letting your folks become entrepreneurs, right? Like in 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 a way, but without all of the overhead. Of becoming an entrepreneur and like dealing with an accountant yourself, and so they they just get to be billers. They just get to continue doing what they're great at and make more money as long as they're killing it. Yeah, and so yeah. it, it also that leads flows through. That flows through to um, like they're better at self managing because they're I got yeah. to make money. Yeah. Yeah. B they're better with clients because they're thinking longer term. It's their yeah. business now. Um, it, it just works. I think all in all, it's a it's a good model. But time will tell. Like we're we're hoping to scale it very quickly. That's brilliant. And and so how do you think about this business now going forward, right? So you're obviously transitioning in a transition sort sort of phase right now. Like so so how do you think about how do you think this will pan out over the next two or three years? And how do you think about profitability, right? Like so say say you as a business are doing 
say two million this year, right? And I'm 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 guessing the profitability net is probably somewhere between ten and fifteen percent. Is that accurate, or higher, lower? On this model, in, no, in no, three, no, no. Your, your old bit, like the old current traditional business that you have, the current, um, the profit's pretty good. Uh, we're pretty lean. We're, we've got pretty lean overheads. So no, it's it's higher than that. We're, we're, yeah. we're probably we've got a good margin. Yeah, and, and I mean net, right? Like net of everything, not just like like the the yeah the company. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so let's say twenty points, right? Probably thirty percent. Yeah. Brilliant. So now how do you, how do you maintain that as a business owner? Cause like this new model, that's probably going to shrink. Um, it, it does shrink, but it's, it's more stable, you know, in that you've got your overheads covered by a monthly cost. So there's, there's your big overhead gone. And then you, and then the business, you know, gets the 20% um, on everything that comes in. So it's a numbers game. You need, you need um, quantity to make that really work. You need more you. scale, but you're saying like, you'll never have a dip in your bank account now. If, if everyone's um, in this model, sort of, because they're... Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Theoretically, you're right. And, and But look, as as it gets bigger, you the company then gets more operational overheads too. Like you're yeah. probably going to need some more admin to just manage it all. But that, I think, yeah, it, it's a pretty smooth... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 um, you're, you're increasing the size of the pie because like the recruiter makes more, but now they're sort of motivated to like build more aggressively over mm-hmm. a period of time. And the pie gets bigger, and you have a smaller percentage, but it's more stable. Uh, it, the, the model, the model works beautifully. Um, so, uh, Brett, what's what's advice you would give your own twenty year twenty year old self? Like, if you went back in time and you were talking to that uh, drum or guitar playing, what were you playing back then? Uh, uh, guitars, pianos, singing. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Post COVID, I would have said travel more. Yeah, <laughs> travel more. Okay, and and now advice to someone that's starting a recruitment business, right? So say say people listening to this, you know, at a job either in a recruitment agency or in corporate, and they're thinking about, you know, they're looking at all of these recruiters make tons of money, or recruitment agencies make tons of money. They're like, hey, I can do that. What what what's the advice you would give them around starting out or not starting out at all? Cash is king. Cash is king. Keep, keep an eye on the cash flow. Cash is, cash is everything and manage your stress because it's very easy to lose sight of things when things go bad and you freak. You might feel that that, that freak out. I was really lucky. My mum was a financial planner and advisor for 30 years, so she's my backstop to say, like, when I go, oh, God, like, this has happened, she's like, just get out there and keep going. Like, what are you going to do? And when it do doesn't you? hurt. She does it for free, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I so. hope she does it for free. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I probably it um go on your own keep it like just just hustle like i mean it's just just make a mess clean it up as you go you know when you start it doesn't matter like don't be perfect don't worry about don't worry about too many systems don't worry about too much you know um branding it's very easy to get stuck on like oh i'm gonna make the best website i'm gonna make the best you know stationery all that sort of stuff it doesn't matter get on the phone get a job and fill it because cash, if you don't have cash, you don't have the luxury to worry about those things. Yeah. Make sure you have cash and the, like, just don't run out of money. Right. Like I think that's, that, that's, that's the point. Fuel. So many cliches there, but the money yeah. is yeah. the fuel to get you where you actually want to get to, you know? And, and, and Brett, what's your personal situation like today? How do you have more kids? Do you have one kid? Do you have like two kids? Uh, dog? Married, married, two kids, two dogs, three cats. Uh, yeah. Like in Sydney. Yeah. Right in Sydney, Northern Beaches, uh, lovely life. 
Can't complain. That's I, awesome. I work five minutes from home. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and guys, that was Brett. And Brett, thanks for doing this. This was this was awesome. That was fun. Thanks for having me. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. Mm-hmm.